welcome to today's evening circle on uh, with dr uh, ak dar who is also brigadier it's a very special healing circle as always every healing circle is unique uh, today we have uh, dr ak dar who is an experienced oncologist specialized in bone marrow transplant and acute promelocytic leukemia dr dar has over 40 years of rich experience and have treated more than 30000 patients He pioneered the techniques of autologous transplant in India, and has, to his credit, more than seventy bone marrow transplants. Dr. Dhar is currently the director at the Department of Medical Oncology in Fortis Medical Memorial Research Hospital in Gurgaon, and has an illustrious career serving in army hospitals, including being the head of oncology division at Army Hospital, Delhi Cantonment. He also has the distinction of performing the first autologous transplant in the Indian history. Welcome, everyone. Um, I am Dimple Parmar, uh, host for your today's healing circle, and CEO and co-founder of Zenonco.io and Levels Cancer. Um, we help cancer patients uh, in uh, going through the journey of uh, their cancer and how can we make their journey. convenient and uh, how can we guide them in their journey when they are uh, diagnosed with cancer so um, we'll start with a minute of silence and i will request dr dhar to uh, begin the circle thank you very much and thanks a lot for inviting me to this forum yes dr dhar so we have uh, queries around the bone marrow transplant so i think the way we will be uh doing this today circle will be uh having a conversation around bone marrow transplant and also hamare sath mein kafi sare um log hain jo is aaj ke healing circle talks mein hain so um if there is any query please ask the query you can write in comments i will speak it out for you or you can request to unmute and i will unmute you and you can ask with the doctor directly Before we begin, I would like to share guidelines of a healing circle. We treat each other with kindness and respect. We listen to each other with compassion and curiosity. We honor each other's unique way of healing, and we don't presume to advise or fix or try to save each other. We trust each of us has guidance we need within us, and we rely on the power of silence to access it. Thank you. so dr dhar um uh, there are few queries around it and uh, before we directly go on the question answers can you please share about your journey uh, uh, as a doctor your journey as working with in the field of army how it began and your overall crux of last so many decades of serving uh, patients yeah see uh, i begin uh, my career after completing my post graduation in internal medicine from king george medical university lucknow and as a specialist i joined uh, army way back in 1983 so after few years uh, i was selected for uh, super specialty training in uh, uh, medical oncology and bone marrow transplantation and uh, i was selected at tata uh, memorial hospital and tata memorial center mumbai so um, when i joined that institution uh, tell you very honestly it was a very very kind of a funny feeling to me because 
those days oncology was in uh, inception not many people used to study oncology and uh, most of the people used to go for cardiology and neurology because they were comparatively developed branches right so uh, when i joined that hospital initially i was uh, kind of a uh, lost because this branch was new to me and uh, i was told by army people that after coming back uh, from super specialty training you had to establish oncology center in armed forces <coughs> sorry <coughs> so anyway i adjusted myself and um, to tell you very honestly that how i began my career in bone marrow transplantation i will narrate a very small story which is a very which is a kind of a interesting way to explain that how i started my training it was uh, october 1992 that is exactly about 20 28 years back i we got a patient from uh, kashmir shrinagar she was a lady and doctor herself and the husband was also a doctor mrs call i still remember her husband was mr dl call she was totally paralyzed she was bedridden she had uh, urinary uh, bladder was connected with a catheter she was not even able to get up when we those people had told them that only hope of surviving is that you go to tata memorial hospital mumbai so she reached to us and we examined her and found that this lady was having multiple myeloma now multiple myeloma is a kind of a bone cancer and those days the treatment as compared to right now was very very primitive anyway we started the treatment and lady improved and after 2 to 3 months of treatment she started walking and uh, she went back home to continue treatment at shrinagar and she came back to us in march 1993 i still remember the date 12th march 1993 because that's a very famous date or you all must be knowing the bombay blast day the mumbai blast day anyway that time i did not know what was happening outside and she came to my boss and i was assisting my boss and none other than dr advani and uh, dr advani said look mrs call you have recovered and now the only chance of prolonging your life is that you kindly undergo a bone marrow transplantation and he said dr dhar he used to call me dhar not dhar dr dhar do a bone marrow transplantation now i did not know what was bone marrow transplantation and the lady did not know bone marrow what was bone marrow transplantation dr advani had his chamber full of patients so we came out of the chamber and this lady started crying she thought naturally she thought that probably it was end of her life anyway i tried to console her but then um, she, since she was a kashmiri and i am also kashmiri i thought that i will take this lady to my home my uh, my wife um, uh, she is a very very good uh, kind of a counselor 
and being a Kashmiri in her own language, she will be able to console her and make her ready for bone marrow transplantation, but that was the only chance of survival. I hired a taxi, those days it was out of my pocket, but still I hired a taxi and requested them to come to my house. And when we were traveling from Parel to, I used to live in Kolaba. We were traveling from Parel to Kolaba, I saw people running here and there with blood-stained cloth, clothes. A lot of destruction had already happened. And I did not understand what was going on, but when I reached home, my wife told me that this kind of a 12 or 13 blast has taken place. Anyway, my wife consoled her. She had a very good uh, ability of counseling people. They had dinner with us and they left the place. And after that, Dr. Advani did not even tell me what is to be done. We we were residents there and we studied how the bone marrow transplantation has to be done. And we did bone marrow transplantation in the month of August 1993. That is precisely after five months of initial counseling. And uh, later on, I came to know this was my, this was the first bone marrow transplantation, autologous bone marrow transplantation done for uh, disease of multiple myeloma in India. So after six months, the patient recovered. She went back home. Dr. Call, BL Call, he wrote me a letter, a very, very interesting letter. And he wrote me a sentence I still remember that when death was everywhere in Mumbai, we were talking about life. That sentence, even after 27, 28 years, I still remember. And this lady survived 17 years after bone marrow transplantation. She settled her children and probably passed away in 2008 and 2009. Dr. Call is still alive. I am in touch with him. I keep on talking to him. So this is, I don't know, uh, this is a kind of a... Uh, probably it was a challenge for me or it was something Dr. Advani's remarks or it was the probably something for my uh, something for, for the patient which made me to do this kind of a take this kind of a step and subsequently I shifted over my career to uh, bone marrow transplantation that's how I started bone marrow transplantation and uh, the journey is very long, but I'll cut it into short, is that after I came back to Army, uh, I told them that I can do bone marrow transplantation, but then they laughed at me. What is this? Because people did not know it. And it took me seven years to convince them, and we established a bone marrow transplantation unit in Delhi and Pune in 1999, and subsequently uh, you can see uh, over a period of time, I have established various bone marrow transplant centers. And uh, right now I am in Jaipur um, as director, medical director and director of bone marrow transplant unit. And I'm going to start bone marrow transplantation here also. Wow.
Thank you so much, doctor, for sharing the amazing journey and the way your journey um, in bone marrow transplant began. Uh, it's it's wonderful to know that the lady could survive bone marrow transplant, could survive the disease, and uh, was at ease later when she was able to see her children getting settled down, and then at the end she passed away uh, peacefully. It's really. Uh, uh, amazing uh, that was your first case as well in bone marrow transplant and it's really wonderful thank you so much for sharing that with all of us thank you doctor can i request you to change your angle of your laptop slightly so that it comes in the center of the screen um, yeah, is it okay yeah and also uh, can you please tilt the screen a bit down or up uh, down perfect thank you yeah Thank you. So, uh, thank you so much, doctor, for sharing that. Uh, doctor, in your last uh, decades of, uh, I would say, uh, the span of your career, you must have seen uh, people getting recovered. So, I would majorly here talk about cancer, people getting recovering from cancer or not uh, surviving this disease. So, as a doctor, when you see uh, death, when you see that uh, in some cases, we are not able to help much. Maybe uh, we have, you know, like reached that stage where medically can, nothing can be done. I have seen many doctors feeling really bad about it that, you know, they are not able to help patients, not able to save that life. So can you please explain us or can you please share your experience? How do you feel as a doctor when you think that you can't help anyone? Or if you have a patient with you, you can yeah, that's a very, very challenging thing for an oncologist. Because I still remember words of my boss way back in 1992 when I was going on uh, for my super specialty training. He, he uh, was an oncosurgeon and I was going for uh, my training in medicine, that is physician. So I, I may share uh, a little bit about uh, the professional rivalry, this is just to bring some life to the context. And uh, he told and uh, open uh, this thing, uh, my dining out speech. We have dining out in army once. We leave the station. We are offered a meal by the, our colleagues and bosses. And he, there is a speech by the boss and subsequently a speech by the officer who is being dined out. So he told openly and he used to believe that oncosurgeons are superior to oncophysician. And he was right because in those days everything was surgery and medicine was nowhere. And you will, you will, not, you will not believe it and the audience may not believe it that I was the second oncophysician of Armed Forces Medical Services. So that rare was the medical oncology branch. So he told, he told uh, the crowd, the audience there, that uh, although he is going for study leave in uh, medical oncology, but uh, we do not know. So he told the audience that, see, he is going in medical oncology, but I am not uh, very sure that how he will be able to help uh, the cancer patients because most of the patients in medical oncology side, they die. Mm -hmm. I mean, to say, 
what it was it a sarcastic remark or was it a reality i still do not know but when my turn came for uh, dining out speech so i told him sir i do not know at this stage i do not know how i will be able to help the organization but you are only sending me for this kind of a super specialty so that's what i try to tell you is that yes sometimes we feel bad but uh, my advice to my audience and uh, the doctors if there any is there any uh, one there is that do not get involved with the patient treat patient as a patient and don't carry anything to your home number 1 number 2 try to see that you do not commit the mistake give him the best give him the best which is available in the world see i do not say that i was very successful in my life and all my patients survived i have seen children of 2 years 3 years or even 6 years dying of cancer it used to hurt me but then you cannot stop because because these poor patients they die because one is they die because of the disease itself the poor prognosis and second is that what i have seen in my practice is that it do not come in time now who is responsible for this thing one is the patient himself number two is the illiteracy or lack of education number three i will a sort of a put a remark for my colleague doctors also because uh, they think of cancer last i think this disease should be although this is not a very common disease as compared to other infective diseases like tuberculosis but then it should be given a priority it should be thought as a first diagnosis because if you misses miss it down the line you you are going to miss it for next you are missing the diagnosis for 6 months and 6 months is good enough for the disease to progress so i am not blaming them and sometimes the doctors are negligent also not negligent in the sense they don't study that they do not put this diagnosis as number one diagnosis so my advice to these doctors is that no empirical treatment should be started everything should be confirmed by biopsy and then it then the treatment should be started and lastly i will say that what i feel is that i analyze myself if i know or if i am convinced that i have not committed any mistake i will not feel bad because it's the biology of the disease but then most important thing is that deliberately you should not 
do any mistake deliberately. I'm using this word deliberately. You may miss something or you may come to across a very, very rare diagnosis. That's a different thing. But deliberately, you should not miss anything. And you should be sincere and loyal to your patient. Tell him everything. I believe in telling the patients rather than hiding the things from the patient and their relations. I think I have answered your question. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so uh, this leads to another question. Uh, how does early detection help in fighting against cancer? Or in a way, uh, we can answer here, patients come in late. So how can they take care of sign and symptoms so that before it's too late, they get to know that something is wrong and they should go for checkup? See, um, I always uh, fill my talk with some stories. Mm-hmm. Because if you put some story, it is interesting and easy to understand rather than giving an academic talk. Right. Uh, I, it will take about three to four minutes about narrating that story. If I have time, I will. Yes, definitely. In 2005, I was in Army Hospital in Delhi. And it was Sunday only and uh, around 5 p.m. I got a call. And the caller had a very good and beaming voice. He did not identify himself on phone, but he said, Doctor, my wife has got swelling in the abdomen. I have started the, I have started the treatment. You mind the words. The gentleman is still alive. I'm not, I will not name him. I, I have started the treatment. I'm speaking from Allahabad and I'll be reaching tomorrow morning 9.30 to you in Army Hospital. Kindly see us. So it was a very, very surprising and very kind of a not ex- uh, ex- expected kind of a things. So I asked him. In Army, we always, when we are not sure, we always say yes. We say sir. So I said, sir, can you identify yourself? I am Air Marshal so-and-so, so-and-so. I said, okay, sir, I will see your wife and please come at 9.30 to me. Now, when this couple came in, in my room, my office, the lady was barely able to walk. She was sick. She had her abdomen was filled with fluid and she was in distress. She was having respiratory distress. So I said, who is treating her? He said, I am treating her. I am so-and-so, air marshal so-and-so. I have done this thing in homeopathy and this thing and, and I am doing yoga and I am doing this and that, whatever you could I said, sir, I feel that she has got cancer and she should be admitted immediately. He said, no, you give some medicine, kindly confirm and I am taking her home by evening. Anyway, there was a lot of discussion and ultimately he agreed for admission. The lady was in gem of a lady. It was, and she 
was a distress. We did her biopsy and she had two cancers. One was breast and one was only. Anyway, we treated her and she became all right and subsequently she had a daughter who had, uh, was young that time and subsequently got married in 2013-2014. Uh, now, breast cancer and ovarian cancer, whenever they are together, they are likely to be familiar. I mean to say, they are likely to go into daughters and offspring. offsprings. Right. So, that time I had developed a good rapport with the gentleman. I told him, sir, your daughter is likely to get this cancer, 25% chances are there. Kindly get her investigated. What? And she got, he got annoyed. And as usual, this kind of a reaction happens. So, anyway, I kept on reminding him, he kept on postponing him. And 2015, I think 2015, the lady expired. The wife. And I left army by, uh, by that time, I had left army and I was in Fortis Hospital, Gurgaon, as you rightly told us. 2017, I was sitting in my office and he again walked in. That time the daughter was married. And she said, look doctor, you had told us correctly, my daughter has got breast cancer. Okay. So, why I have told you this story is that if she was detected having breast cancer or chances of having breast cancer about 8-9 years back, the curative chance would have increased. That girl, that lady is still surviving. She has got two, three children right now. But I see is that she has got a painful experience of undergoing so many operations, undergoing chemotherapy. So, to I can uh, reduce my talk in saying is that stage one cancer, the chances of recovery is around 90 to 95 percent. Stage two, it comes down to 80 percent and stage three, 50 to 60 percent and stage four, it comes down to 25 to 30 percent. So, that is the importance of detecting cancer at an early stage. Right. Thank you uh, for sharing that. Um, very important to do early diagnosis. Cost of treatment is low and uh, chances of survival are high. Chances, the most important thing is chances of survival is high. Plus, this kind of the whole family gets upset. Right. Uh, we have one question. Um, could you please ask doctor on my behalf for a woman post-transplant uh, how to get her period back post-transplant? What are the chances of cycle naturally kick-starting? You're asking me? Uh, yes, yes. A uh, uh, um, member has uh, messaged me personally that please ask doctor this on my behalf that I have done the transplant and how to get periods back post-transplant. Periods? And, yeah. Menstrual periods? Yes. Okay. Uh, what is her age? Um, I need to know two, three things before I can answer this question to you. One is, what is her age? 27 years. 27 years. Second is, what disease she is having? Uh, what disease she is having? What, or what she has undergone transplantation and which kind of transplantation? Hodgkin's lymphoma. 
she must have undergone autologous transplantation bone marrow transplant autologous there are various yes, kinds yes 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 autologous kinds of transplantation yeah. she must have undergone as by my, by my understanding she must have undergone uh, autologous bone marrow transplant four yes autologous and it's been 10 months since transplant okay see uh, uh, she has undergone high dose chemotherapy followed by autologous transplantation mm-hmm. so it will take some time so if you got time i can narrate one more story uh, by which i think you should be able to understand it yes please there are chances that she may recover fully and by this story we will understand it uh, 96 97 i was in pune when a small girl that time she was 11 12 years old and studying in eighth standard she came to me from a nearby town which is known as Khadakwasla and her father was posted there and she was running fever and ultimately she was diagnosed as a case of acute lymphoblastic leukemia and she underwent chemotherapy has undergone bone marrow transplantation if next time you come to me and if we interact with each other i can share video of that girl now now she is 35 years old wow Definitely. Now that time she was 11 years old. Now after that she had a lot of complications, but she survived and she underwent bone marrow transplantation also. And the bone marrow transplantation was much of higher potency than this lady has right now. Because acute leukemia, the the kind of transplantation is more aggressive. and uh, hodgkin's lymphoma is of not that potency no no after after that uh, she did his her graduation she did her post graduation and uh, she got married and then presently she has got three children so why i am telling you these things is that children can be only produced when menstrual cycles become regular so these menstrual periods or menstrual cycle will become uh, will will become normal after some time but about 25 to 30% people may not get it but then i'm sure that after some but it will take time because after doing transplantation the cells of the uh, of the geni- genital system they get they get uh, not exactly destroyed but they are not of uh, growth is not up to the mark but after some time after certain period of time probably she may get menstrual period as time and uh, if she is not married she should not think that uh, something abnormal is going on she should carry on with her normal activity in normal life and this girl when she was 13 years old and though those times the facilities were not there so much as it are today but one thing i want to ask this lady is is she married or not um so she is asking uh, how long so when you are saying that it will start soon uh, she is saying that about to not get mar- about to get married yeah and she was asking how soon uh, what is the duration when it will start or what can i do to start it i think it's a natural process it will come back but it will take some time and number 2 i am asking is that uh, 
her fertility has been preserved or not. Okay. Fertility preservation means that preservation of the ovum no, it has been, been done or not. Anyway, it should have been done. Mm-hmm. But nothing to worry. It's not that the chances are nil. Some chances are there. She will get uh, her menstrual period back. But it's not 100% either way. Mm-hmm. Right? So she should wait. Over a period of time, she should wait. And meanwhile, she should carry on her normal activities. Got it. So she was asking, is it few weeks or months or years? How long should I wait? Madam, this is a... Um, I think uh, if she can write to me, my... Uh, I will to me yeah. Because I'll it may become personal. Right. I do not want to discuss openly this issue. My mail is with you. Yeah. She can I write will. me a mail and we can be on a doctor-patient relationship or maybe as a friends. We can... Right. I will keep on writing She's saying it's perfect. That will be better, actually. <laughs> that will be better. Yeah. But then such kind of a patient, they should not worry. I've given you the example. Uh, who had a very extensive disease, underwent very aggressive chemotherapy. Then she completed her study, got married. Now three children, all three daughters. So it's very heartening to see such kind of results. Right. Great. So we have another question from Pranavasu. Dr. Dhar, amazing, inspiring, humanistic journey to re, uh, treat cancer patients of cancer. Uh, his query is, cancer patient bears the shooting expenses and uh, many patients below poverty line. You, the leading oncologist, how can you resolve the burning issues in our country or how? what advice you would want to give for those who are not able to get the treatment because of financial concerns? Yeah. See, um, you'll be surprised to know, again I'm attaching it to uh, this, your question is to a small kind of a example or a story, uh, because it's easy to understand. You'll be surprised to know that I'm speaking right now from my office. I have got this office open today. And the reason is that I want to, I was working on ways to cut down the price of cancer treatment. Just before when you rang me up, that are you ready for this talk? I was making a PowerPoint presentation. I have to convince my doctor colleagues. See, why I am telling you this thing is that in army hospital, my daughter was in army, the transplant I used to do it costed me 2 lakhs, 3 lakhs or sometimes 4 to 5 lakhs only. Same kind of a transplant happening outside in a commercial hospital is between 20 to 25 lakhs. So, in a very simple way we can say that we have to rely on generics. Right. Generic drugs. You see, you will understand by this small example is that a strip of paracetamol, simple paracetamol, generic, costs you 2 rupees some paisa. Same kind of a Calpol, which is a brand, which is not generic, will call you, it costs you 11 rupees. So, 5 to 6 times. So, the most important thing is that we have to use generics. You cannot do it. It is my responsibility, our doctor's responsibility to practice generics. 
the second remedy of this uh, getting expensive treatment or reducing the cost of cancer treatment is that I will tell my colleagues to save 5 rupees per day for himself. 5 rupees is not very big amount. It becomes 150 rupees per month. 12 months it becomes 1800 rupees. Kindly do insurance for all. Kindly do insurance for all. Mm -hmm. And once you are insured, at least some amount can be utilized on this kind of a cancer treatment. And third thing is that kindly do not, I have worked in all kinds of hospitals. I worked in army hospital, defense hospital, government hospital, industrialized hospital, corporate hospital, every hospital I have worked, charity hospital, kindly do not go to these five-star hospitals, seven-star hospitals. Please do not go to these hospitals. And I'm, I will be requiring support of you, ma'am, and my audience is that uh, whatever, actually my work will go unpublished if we do not, I do not get your support. I am trying to make remedies for getting lower cost treatment or genuine cost treatment for cancer patients. Wow. So, we have to make such protocols, such medicines, which is person with limited, self, uh, limited in income, they are able to, they can afford the treatment. Right. Wow. We have another question on the same lines. Uh, for cancer patients, do you recommend any insurance before, during or after cancer? Pardon, madam? Um, there is another question on the same for cancer patients or cancer survivors. Uh, do you recommend any insurance before, during and after cancer treatment is over? Insurance or assurance? Insurance. Insurance, yeah. Insurance means? Uh, so, may, sometimes we do get requests that because I had cancer, I am not getting insurance the or uh, the premium is very high or because uh, the chances of relapse are high, insurance nahi mil raha hai mujhe. So, we query frequently that cancer is not going to insurance nahi hai paas mein. Ab le sakte hai kya insurance. Yeah, that is a very big problem. See, once you get cancer or you cross 60 years of age or 65 years of age, these people, they usually do not give insurance, they will not give you. So we have to sort of, this is a very good question and a very new subject and I have really had to think on that. Yeah. But uh, in practical life, I am seeing every day, once you get cancer, then nobody will insure you. Right. That. right. Okay, thank you. We have one question from Vikas Ranjan who is taking chemotherapy currently and uh, Probably he's saying, I have written his question on chat as well. Probably having bone marrow suppression as my platelets and blood counts drop after chemo session. Um, it takes three to four weeks to normalize. Please suggest how it can be improved. Um, yeah, after the chemo sessions, to not to have drop in blood counts. Yeah. See, it's a um, 
it's a natural thing. First of all, he should understand, Mr. Vikas should understand <coughs> that it's a natural thing for your counts to blood counts and platelets to go down after chemotherapy. And uh, it's a kind of a good thing because the old cancer cells are going away and the new normal cells are coming in the body. So if your counts are going down and platelets are going down and if it is uncomplicated, uncomplicated means that if he does not have fever, he does not have bleeding and he does not have chest infection. So he should not bother much about this thing. He should take it in a positive way that yes, the medicines are working. Second thing is that there are ways and means to keep your counts, blood counts and platelet counts steady. There are some medicines, injections, they are called growth factors, GCSF and all these things, which is, I'm sure that his doctor must be prescribing. Third thing is that he should take nutritious diet, high protein diet. He should not take uh, raw things. He should not uh, eat outside because once he starts doing that, chances of infection becomes very high during this uh, low count period. So as long as he does not have any complications and his infection part is well under con control. So I don't think there is a, should not worry much about this aspect. But simultaneously he should take care and uh, should not, his diet is very important. His hygiene is very important. His natural orifices are to be taken care of. So he should be very, very careful during uh, this kind of a period of low counts and low platelets. But it's, he should understand it's a natural process and over a period of time and after some time, he will, uh, this process will stop and once his uh, basic ailment and basic disease is under control, this will also go. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. It's very helpful. Um, thank you for sharing that. Uh, there's a next question. How it is decided whether a patient needs bone marrow transplant or not? Yeah. Um, see, every cancer patients, they do not uh, need bone marrow transplantation. Broadly to understand is that it's a solid, solid tumors, majority of them, they do not need bone marrow transplantation. It is only patients of lymphomas, leukemias, multiple, multiple myeloma, and uh, aplastic anemias, they need bone marrow transplantation. And there is a disease called, uh, which happens usually in children, is uh, thalassemia and sickle cell disease. Right. They also need uh, bone marrow transplantation. Patients of uh, bone marrow disorders where the bone marrow is not functioning, they also need bone marrow transplantation. But the most important thing is that in bone marrow transplantation, the most important thing is the availability of tumor. Autologous, there is no problem. But in allogenic transplantation, where we have to have a donor from either a sibling or from other match, that is the issue. Okay. And how can people find right donor for them? Yeah, I was I was expecting that question and again I will uh, answer this question with a small story. Mm -hmm. 
this was uh, 2014 i was working in fortis hospital gurgaon fmri gurgaon and i got a patient from russia i i think he, he was from kazakhstan sorry he was from kazakhstan and he was he had uh, acute leukemia he was the only child and uh, he initially went to germany and the, the government was sponsoring him so he could afford treatment anywhere in the world so he went to germany where the treatment he found was not satisfactory because his disease came back after the treatment somebody told him that go to fmri gurgaon and there uh, bone marrow transplantation will be done and they have got plenty of donors so this kind of word was going on that fortis hospital gurgaon is producing donors so he came to our hospital and after one month of treatment suddenly and this boy he was 21 years old boy he asked me where is my donor so i was very surprised because this question never came up mm-hmm. so i told him that uh, see we do not have donor and uh, you have to give us donor because uh, donor is always given by the patient party doctors and hospitals they do not provide patients so the mother and the son they started shouting and they created scene and the matter went to the government the government intervened and then i was in fact forced to search a donor for him and there is a uh, agency which is called uh, nmdt which is usa based agency it is the full form is national marrow donor program nmdp so i wrote to him i got his actually typing then and i wrote to them that this is the boy who has got relapsed blood cancer and he needs urgent bone marrow transplantation kindly help within 24 hours i got the answer and i got at least list of 105 donors uh, where r- ranging from 100% match to 90% to 80% to 70% donor but yeah anyway we selected one donor and uh, money was not a constraint for him and uh, this donor was a lady 35 years old lady and she was located in poland so after consulting the patient party the mother and the son i went ahead and uh, told them to go ahead for uh, taking out the graft the procedure is we take out the stem cells from blood and we preserve it and then transport it so the process started in the month of june and ultimately the stem cells were collected in the month of october i still remember date 25th of october 2014 and this graft was transported by air by blue dart from poland to fortis gurgaon and we transplanted this patient so this is and this patient recovered subsequently he had a very good recovery so this is called uh, mud that is matched unrelated donor transplant one is matched related that means your brother sister or your relation second is matched unrelated donor transplant that means matching is there 
but the donor is not related to you. Donor is unknown. Third is haplo, where if you do not get unrelated donor and it is expensive also, then either the parents or the siblings who are not, not matched, they can give their stem cells for bone marrow transplantation. And then fourth is autologous when you give your So one is autologous when you share your own stem cells. Second is matched, related when sibling is there, brother, sister is there. Third is haplo. Haplo means when your parents, they are not fully matched, but they can give their stem cell for transplantation. And fourth is umbilical cord stem cell transplantation. You must have seen that we collect stem cells from umbilical cord also. So this is the kind of transplantation. Thank you so much uh, for the information. There's a question. Um, what precautions one should take during and after transplant? Uh, disease is classical Hodgkin lymphoma, age is 35 years and stage is 2B. So how is the patient right now? Patient is okay. So why they want to uh, know about transplantation? To be, has the somebody suggested for transplantation? Um, yes, they have been suggested. Okay. And uh, the disease is under control or disease is, uh, uh, has come back? Is, is it a case of relapse? Growing. Pardon? It has come back. It has come back. Yes. <clears throat> so if it, if it has come back, then... Uh, Relapsed Hodgkin's lymphoma, they usually they undergo bone marrow transplantation. Okay. And uh, I think um, uh, nothing to worry. Only precaution they have to take is take care of their hygiene, take care of their meals, no anhydrinic food, high protein diet, and uh, COVID is a main problem these days. So that lady has to be very careful about uh, the COVID infection. So, in fact, uh, there has been a lot of debate that uh, whether the bone marrow transplantation should be done during COVID or not. Yeah. But the guidelines are there and international recommendations are there that uh, COVID is not a major contraindication for bone marrow transplantation, but, but you have to take precaution. The transplant unit has to take precaution that COVID should not track in into the bone marrow transplant unit. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, There's another question. What is the survival rate for children with thalassemia, leukemia, bone marrow transplant if needed? See, thalassemia, I must say that uh, the success of transplant is 95%. Okay. Very good. Leukemia depends on which kind of leukemia transplant is going on. If it is endoplastic leukemia, again the chances of survival, chances of success is good. But if it is acute myelite leukemia, then the I don't say that chances are bad, but relatively less. So thalassemia number one, top 95%, followed by acute lymphoblastic leukemia and then acute myelite leukemia. Okay. Got it. And is there any age limitation for bone marrow transplant? Yeah, we do not do bone marrow transplantation after 60 years of age. Okay. But there are certain diseases like multiple myeloma. We have 
increase the range up to 70 years of age. So again, it depends on the type of transplantation. If it is not a very aggressive transplant, uh, you have to see uh, the patient uh, organ function. If the organs are fit, patient is fit, you can do up to 60-65 years of age. After 70, it becomes difficult. Okay, got it. And there is another question, what diet should be followed after bone marrow transplant? Diet, madam, it should be, patient should be very careful. They should not take raw things. Right. The certain fruits which are totally forbidden, like apple, grapes. Basic idea is that this fruit is like banana, oranges, coconut. Okay. That they are safe. Mm-hmm. But jiska patla hota hai, jisko aap peel nahi kar sakte hai. Jaysay apple ko bade muskil se kar sakte hai, grapes ko to aap kari nahi sakte, patita hai, ye chasat khana pilao nahi hota hai. Achcha. Dousa high protein diet lehen chahiye. Tisri cheez ye hai, that uh, the food should be taken after warming properly. Heating properly. And the kept things should not be taken. Kept things, jaysay any banana aapne kaat ke aada, that should be immediately thrown out. And fruit juices should be avoided except tetra packs. Okay. Tetra packs is safe, usually. Got it. Okay. Manipulation should not be done with hands because sometimes the hand may not be uh, right. clean. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Um, does bone marrow transplant is required for all blood cancer patients? Not all, but yes, in there are certain cancers where bone marrow transplantation in blood cancer is required upfront. Upfront means immediately after the treatment. But in other cancers, where when the disease comes back, then only the bone marrow transplantation is required. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we uh, we always say that you know when the patient is has taken bone marrow transplant they are required to isolate themselves for one to two months and um, somebody has asked patient go through a lot of trauma mental trauma while being in the isolation room so how the medical staff take care of this thing and what should a patient do to cope with this uh, while being in the isolation room yeah see it's a very common problem and sometimes patient has to spend a lot of time where the things are, uh, the patient is separated from others. One thing is that all these modes of entertainment should be there, like television should be there, some games should be there. We allow one attendant with the patient, the patient should be able to talk to the attendant, the relations, the mother, father, child, son, whosoever is there. And um, um, uh, see, I always prefer that uh, the patient should see the glimpse of sunlight. That means nature. There should be kind of an arrangement through a... See, we cannot open the door, we cannot make a window. But through a kind of a uh, glass or hazy glass, some kind of a sunlight should be... Uh, the patient should be able to uh, see. Very important. And, yeah. um, it's not that uh, 
one month or two months he has to stay, but there should be a provision that he moves out from the transplant room to the adjacent <coughs> step-down room so that uh, he can uh, try to see something different which is not happening inside his room. Mm-hmm. So <coughs> when we plan at bone marrow transplant unit, we always make arrangements that we try to give him uh, close to uh, na- nature life during this kind of period. But it is difficult, sometimes patients may develop psychosis also. So we should, the doctor should be able to explain them. The nursing staff, uh, the nurses should be bone marrow transplant trained. They know how they should keep the patients cheerful. So these are the small, small things we should do to support the patients. <laughs> yeah. And a patient and their caregivers at home, what are the lifestyle changes they can make so that they can have a better recovery after the transplant at home? Lifestyle changes is the most important thing is that they should not get infection. Second thing is that nobody who is sick in the home, home or in the house should visit the patient. Outside attendance should not be allowed. This kind of a crowd, crowded atmosphere should be avoided. And of course, diet and cheerful atmosphere, depending on the age of the patient, you can always make him cheerful. Children may be happy with the games, young adults may be happy with movies and some kind of a cartoons and some type of a sports. So, depending on the age, we got various schedules and I think here comes the role of bone marrow transplant coordinator. So, he or she knows that how to coordinate these small, small things so to keep patients' life safe. And in the present era, it's very important to keep away these people from COVID-19 infection. So, that's very important. Okay. We have a question from Mukesh Trivadi. I am requesting him to unmute himself. He wants to uh, ask a question. Yes, Mukesh, please ask. After BMT for multiple myeloma, my lambda kappa chain 56.2 and 39.5. After allogenic transplant in December 2019, now I am suffering pain in uh, sacrum bone uh, cytica. Like, this is what he has written. Yeah, see, there is a set protocol after bone marrow transplantation for multiple myeloma. And one of them is uh, doing these light chains, that is blood and urine test. And second thing is, if he is having pain, he should immediately consult his doctor who has done the bone marrow transplant. Okay. And get at least X-ray or some scan, so that sometimes these small small things may creep up and cause problems. Okay. Got it. So, uh, how do we decide if the patient will be able to go through the bone marrow transplant or not? Because many times we see different doctors giving different opinions about whether the BMT is needed or not. So, how do we really decide that? So, one thing is the fitness. Fitness is very important. Mm -hmm. And we have to assess the fitness for bone marrow transplantation. So, in that we see what is the age of the patient, what is the performance status, what is the status of his teeth whether there is some infection or not. Then the organ system, heart is functioning normal, liver is functioning normal, kidney is functioning normal. 
And second thing is after that we see whether this patient should be able to tolerate the transplant or not. Because transplant is a very aggressive procedure. And if you choose a wrong patient, patient may not be able to uh, tolerate bone marrow transplantation. Okay. And then there are fixed guidelines, fixed indications for transplant. You will be happy to know that when I started my career as a bone marrow transplant physician, we did not have any guidelines. Kiska transplant karna hai, kiska nahi karna hai. It was all the vision, fancy of the doctor. But now in India itself, there are ICMR guidelines. Yeah. So, Anybody who is starting transplantation or who is doing transplantation has to go through these guidelines. And they have clearly defined that transplantation will be done only for patients of hematolymphoid malignancies. Okay. Hematolymphoid means that blood cancer has lymphomas, has thalassemias, has sickle cell disease, has anemia. karna hai. Koi experiment nahi karna hai. ICMR is very strict about these things. So okay. anybody starting his career as a bone marrow transplant physician or who has not read ICMR guidelines, he is requested to read ICMR guidelines. Okay. They are Indian, Indian Council of Medical Research. That's very helpful uh, because the question is very often that different doctors, different opinions, what do you understand? So I'm sure it's going to be very helpful for everyone. More lab to hunger. But then try to fit in into the clear-cut guidelines. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. So if I am a donor and if I am donating, uh, what are the precautions which I should take after donating bone marrow? See, these days, when I started my career, those days we used to take out bone marrow. But now we do not take out bone marrow. Now we take out stem cells which are taken out from blood. Right. Yes. So, it is like taking out platelets only. That's all. The only thing is, you should be well nourished. Your diet should be okay. You should be fit to donate stem cells, which is the responsibility uh, of the doctor who is doing it to tell you whether you are fit or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, your age should not be more than 55-50 uh, years of age. I take it as 55 years. Okay. If you are more than 55 years of age, then you should not donate. Because uh, if you donate, one is that uh, you may not be able to give uh, the quantity of required quantity of stem cells. Second thing is your stem cells may not be as potent as it is required. Okay, got it. So, uh, can a cancer survivor donate blood, especially blood cancer survivors? Can they also donate? Yeah, if he's in remission, donate. Okay. If he's in remission, if there is no disease, he's free of disease. Somebody has asked, uh, Vikas Ji, uh, Sir, may I know where are you currently posted? Or at, or some CH. No, no, no. See, I was in Army Hospital R&R and uh, I took premature retirement in 2011. And right, uh, right now I am in Jaipur at uh, Bhagwan Mahavir Cancer Hospital. It's a uh, trust hospital and uh, I have been called here to establish a bone marrow transplant. Okay. okay. Wait, so, 
भगवान महावीर हॉस्पिटल आई हेव सीन एवरी डे फॉर फोर इयर्स वेन आई वॉज स्टडिंग एट एम एन आई टी जयपुर दैट वॉज राइट इन फ्रंट ऑफ अवर कॉलेज इन फ्रंट ऑफ भगवान महावीर देर इज एम आर ई सी एम एन आई टी जयपुर कॉलेज दैट्स वेर आई स्टडी डिड माई अंडर ग्रेजुएशन सो नो अलॉट अबाउट दैट हॉस्पिटल there's a question what are the general body checkups test can be done uh, through regularly yeah that's very important see every day the science is progressing and there are nccn guidelines there are certain guidelines which is age wise like if you become 30 years of age as a screening for cancer these tests should be done when you become 40 years in male or female these test so there are guidelines as per the age as per the sex that means uh, whether you are male or female as per the history whether you are uh, you got family history of cancer or not so it's very difficult to explain at this stage somebody wants to ask me he can send me email i will answer that question on me yes i It's, they are very extensive and lengthy guidelines. But yes, screening tests for cancer are there, depending on the age, sex, and family history of cancer. Okay. Um, also, we quite often hear that are there any chances that I can, you know, I could get rid of the disease without going through BMT? no madam bmt is not required in all cancer one must understand number 2 is that if bmt is required and the indications are clear cut then chances of survival with bmt and without bmt has to be weighed if there is only 5 to 10% of difference i will not advise it but if there is a major difference patient is young and as i told you about this girl <coughs> she survived because she underwent all kind of this kind of treatment <coughs> right so that the treating physician has to weigh the chances of survival with pmt or without pmt and you have to tell the patient in a very very clear cut language see the chances of survival without pmt is this much and chances of survival with pmt is this much now you tell us whether you want to go undergo transplant you can only you can only be the advisor to the patient don't force the patient these days the legal issues are so much that never force the treatment to the patient but make him understand yes. and we are doing we will start doing it under audio visual guidance mm -hmm. everything will be recorded Okay. So we have to tell the patient. See, if you do not undergo BMT, the chances of survival roughly, you cannot calculate anybody's life, but you can tell them. See, this these are the chances, and these are the chances that without BMT, what will happen? Mm -hmm. So, Doctor Lal, you must have seen uh, many patients when you broke the news that they might have to go for BMT. different patients react different to that they are not mentally physically ready to do that so uh, if there are patients who are listening to this and if they are also in the similar situation what would you recommend to them see i told you example of mrs call so at that moment i thought that i was incapable of counseling her for pmt but 
Here comes the role of BMT, counselor of BMT coordinator. So he or she has to come. Lady is a better coordinator or counselor. Mm -hmm. That is what I have seen. My wife's example and she, Sunita, she was able to convince that lady. And you know when they were talking, they did not know what they were talking. I also did not understand what they were talking. Right. But, but she got convinced. It's a fact of life. Wow. Only you have to give a soothing atmosphere to the patient. Right. The treatment is secondary. Mm -hmm. Make a soothing atmosphere, the surroundings, the ambience, your reaction, your behavior with the patient is very important. Okay. Yeah. It's very important. Thank you for, uh, for the insights. Um, so, um, last few questions, uh, Dr. Dar. Uh, what would be uh, not just related to uh, bone marrow, but in general about this dreadful disease such as cancer? And we all know that when it is especially third or fourth stage, or even if the ch there is a recurrence, the chances of survival reduces. So, uh, how would you or what would you uh, advise to cancer patients to, uh, you know, like to give them hope? Like, okay, maybe the chances of survival are low, but it's not impossible. So what will be those words for cancer patients from you? See, um, my way of working is that you should talk in a way that he or she should not lose hope. Mm -hmm. Number two, give them, highlight the positivity more as compared to negativity. Mm -hmm. That's very important. But you must tell everything to the relations and attendants. See, I have seen with my experiences that ultimately you have to answer to the attendants and relations. Patient will not bother you. If has, he has become alright, he will not ask you. If unwant, uh, unfortunately he passes away, then the relations are only left. Attendants are only so take everything in writing, but give a lot of hope and positivity to the patient. Tell him only the positive things, but the attendant should know it and take it in writing. Many times we face situations where a caregiver says that um, it's cancer or it is last stage cancer and we don't patient to tell but um, we don't know whether we need to tell patient or not, but caregivers are scared that my mom will not be able to take it. My grandparents will not be able to take it. So what would you recommend? Should we inform patients what they are going through or should we not? See, I leave it to the patient party. I will tell them, okay, if you do not want that, I should disclose it to the patient, but I will tell each and everything to you. Okay. So I leave that decision to the patient party. If they say it kindly do not tell the patient, I will take it in writing from them that I have been told that these things should not be communicated, so I am not communicating to the patient. Because ultimately it is the patient who is going to ask you, Right. Right? So that is you have to balance the situation. Okay. Uh, there's a question from Mukesh. Um, who complained about pain of sciatica. 
how many chemo cycles required after bmt see it is not chemotherapy but it is the maintenance some kind of a maintenance will be required either it will be form of bortezomib or ranitidomide some tablets so it will be required mm-hmm. maybe for two years or something maintenance therapy is required in multiple mm-hmm. okay got it okay great i think uh, uh, we have covered almost uh, all the aspects of uh, bmt from financial aspects to the treatment to preventive measures to the lifestyle changes to finding the donors or what all things we should ensure when somebody is going for the treatment and i'm sure um, many many people would get benefit by this we will also post this on youtube and uh, website and social media taki baaki log jab is video ko dekhein to unhe unke queries answer ho jaye एंड दो तीन लोगों ने मुझे क्वेश्चंस पूछे हैं जो मैं उनके साथ में आपका ईमेल शेयर करूंगी ताकि वो आपसे डायरेक्टली डिस्कस कर सके इसके बारे में एंड आई रियली इट्स एन ऑनर टू हैव यू विद डॉक्टर धार बिकॉज पेशेंट्स को वी ऑलवेज गेट दिस वी आर नॉट एबल टू आस्क डॉक्टर्स अलॉट ऑफ क्वेश्चन और हमारी क्वेरीज आंसर नहीं होती है या फिर डॉक्टर के पास में ज्यादा टाइम नहीं है एंड मेनी क्वेरीज लाइक दैट so it's a uh, it's a very good platform in a way to uh, interact with the doctor directly so i was getting a question from somebody that when i said do you want to ask doctor directly and she said that oh can i ask directly i was like yeah why not so uh, so yes uh, it's very uh, important that you know how can we bridge the gap between patient and doctor and it's so kind of you and cp singh ji as well who um, uh, connected uh, us both together and thank you so much for your time to uh, answer queries for uh, cancer patients and caregivers and i'm sure it will be very very helpful uh, mehul vyas and many others are saying thank you doctor yeah my suggestion is there you kindly this kind of uh, messages or talks and interviews should be um, disseminated widely so that uh, uh, in fact uh, we learn from each other so that uh, people should know about uh, particularly for bone marrow transplantation and uh, thanks a lot general cp singh has been uh, uh, very close to me and we are yeah. good friends since last amazing years. now okay. uh, he is very positive man very much yeah very, very positive man and uh, helping also and uh, the entire family i know and the entire family is very very helpful and uh, i think with this kind of platform uh, we should be able to reach try to reach the common people and particularly do something for the poor people who are not able to afford uh, the treatment yeah My request to you will be to kindly take it to the entire uh, two or entire three cities or even later on to some villages also because uh, metropoles and bigger cities everybody is able to get the support and get the opinion but it is the tier 2 and tier 3 people this basically uh, the villagers where uh, it's difficult to reach we yes. should try to reach them and uh, trying to making chemotherapy protocols to cut down the cost of cancer treatment it, it, yes. it hurts me it hurts. because i am from uh, army background and uh, i not seen i have seen seven star hospital also and worked in also but uh, it used to pinch me Mm. So we should be able to do something for these poor people, and uh, then probably our uh, mission will be successful. 
Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Doctor. And very valid points you have mentioned. In fact, last few months, I would say last six months, a lot of queries are coming from tier two, tier three, जहाँ पे जब भी हम कुछ हिंदी में लिखते हैं तो उस पर रिस्पॉन्स बहुत अच्छा आता है क्योंकि वहाँ पे लोग ज़्यादा कनेक्ट कर पाते हैं सो आफ्टर दिस सेशन मे बी समाइम नेक्स्ट वीक जब भी आप अवेलेबल है वुड लाइक टू हैव अ वन ऑन वन सेशन इन हिंदी ताकि बाकी लोग भी उसको समझ सकें एंड उसके बारे में लाइक टूडे वी हैड मोस्ट ऑफ द कॉन्वर्सेशन इंग्लिश सो वी कैन डू दैट एंड वी ऑल्सो प्रमोट और यू नो एजुकेट पीपल ऑन जेनेरिक ड्रग्स कि सेम अगर तीन लाख की दवाई आपको पचास हजार में मिल रही है तो फिर क्यों नहीं लेनी है उसके बारे में पेशेंट को एजुकेशन देना एजुकेट करना काफी जरूरी है एंड दैट इज व्हाट वी डू आवर काउंसलर्स दे काउंसिल पेशेंट्स की ओके हाउ कैन दे रिड्यूस द कॉस्ट ऑफ देयर ट्रीटमेंट मैचिंग राइट डॉक्टर राइट ऑनकोलॉजिस्ट फॉर द ट्रीटमेंट लाइफ चेंजेस इमोशनल सपोर्ट बिकॉज देर आर मेनी पीपल थ्रू द जर्नी दे वॉन्ट टू गिव बैक टू सोसाइटी सो हाउ कैन बी ब्रिंग psychologist and patients caregivers need most of the counseling so them together and uh, i think uh, people like you uh, people like cp singh ji uh, his wife as well neera ji and yes. many other people uh, conquerors such as mehul vyas and rohit khanna um, pranav ji who is also who lost his wife to cancer uh, a few years back uh, they are giving back to society by helping so many other cancer patients running many groups uh, part of many ngos as well so uh, i think it's all of us working together for this mission to help cancer patients in whichever way we can like for medical you are the expert and we really really thank you today for finding time to answer all these queries and i'm i'm sure it will be helpful for everybody and agar kuch bhi questions hai to i will write it to you yeah thank you very much and i am available for uh, this kind of uh, programs particularly sunday this time maybe 8 8:30 or any time is sunday um, i am available And I will be happy to participate in your programs. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for your time, and uh, looking forward in the next healing circle of living light. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good night. Good night. We'll we'll end the session with this. Thank you.